Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages wouldn't buy enough bread for each one just to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, who was Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and a few fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down on, on the grass, for there was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about five thousand of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were seated, as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountainside by himself. Hello, my name's Alice. For those of you I haven't got the, had the pleasure of meeting yet. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to get to explore this uh, next bit of um, Meals with Jesus uh, this morning. Uh, so we're going to unpack this story because we read about this miraculous meal, a feast, if you will, a feast where a little boy's packed lunch, just snacks really, fed way over 5,000 people. Now, actually, this is the only miracle, apart from the slightly crucial one of the resurrection, uh, that's mentioned in all four of our Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So this is really a sit-up-and-listen sort of a story. It's hot out in the Israeli sun. Jesus has been healing people, teaching all day, and then someone's tummy starts to rumble. Probably would be mine, really, if that was the context. Who bought the snacks? No one? No one bought any snacks? There's no co-op or Tesco Express nearby, or if there was, it'd be firmly shut by this point. And so Jesus turns to Philip, who was likely the Greek speaker of the group and from the local area. Where should we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, Jesus isn't being mean. He's not trying to humiliate Philip. That's not the point. 
You're stretching him. You've seen what I can do. We've got a problem here. What are we going to do? And it's a pretty big problem. 5,000 men, and that's just the men. Now, just a comment on this one. 5,000 men, because this is all society and culture at the time deemed sensible to number. Spoiler alert, Jesus fed them all. So even if you're in a culture or a society that doesn't count or recognize you, Jesus sees you and he counts you and you're not going to get left out. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) But what's Philip's response to this challenge? Well, likely the same as mine. Problem, need a solution. Right, I'm going to need 200 denarii, about half a year's wages to feed all these people. Okay, how much I've got in my bank account? Peter, how much have you got? Judas, you owe me from last week. Uh, no, Jesus, this is not going to work. Hello, mate. <laughs> Even if we scrabble this together, I can't see how anyone's going to have more than just a bite. There is no way Philip could see people eating a whole meal. But in the meantime, a small boy has seen a situation and comes to the disciples with his lunchbox. You can almost imagine the disciples laughing. How far is that going to go amongst so many? This is really the best that you've got. Can't you see Jesus wants us to feed several thousand people? So what's the deal with this meal? It's not not my lunch, technically. Uh, Barley loaves? What are they? Five of them? Actually, food of the poor. Food that you would have given to the animals. This wasn't your freshly baked sourdough from Sainsbury's. And these two fish. Again, not the sort of fish you get in a posh restaurant, a restaurant that you, know, you need a PhD to try and figure out how to get all the bones on and out, and you still choke on one. Those things really freak me out, eyes and all. Uh, I'll tell you a story, which I should have deleted when I sent it to my dad. You'll hear why. Um, I was on a date once, um, and the guy had ordered some prawns for a starter. He'd ordered for me, and if you spent more than five minutes with me, you'll know that went down like a lead balloon. But when these things came out, I swear they were looking me in the eye. (laughs) They were the sort of prawns that they looked like they come straight out of the sea, like heads on and all. And uh, I had to get him to deal with it. I was just, I couldn't deal with that. And spent the rest of dinner trying not to get this little plate of heads (laughs) on the side. And as you can imagine, that relationship did not go very far. (laughs) And I discovered that I don't like to make eye contact with my dinner. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) You see why I should have deleted that when I sent it through to my dad anyway. Um, These two small fish were not like that, okay? These were actually small fragments of fish. These were a little boy's snack, broken off for a small boy to have partway through the day. So we have a mathematical problem. Several thousand people, five small loaves, two small fish. I mean, John was really laboring this point, and he emphasized the small several times. I'm the daughter of a maths teacher, so I love a good problem to solve. Um, just to wake us up a little bit, I can already feel palms sweating. Well, have some maths challenges for us to try. Youth, don't worry, this is not going to be like the GCSEs again. There's no exam conditions, but there are plastic-free prizes. <laughs> okay, so hopefully you're going to see on the screen two small maths riddles, if you can count them as a riddle. So my challenge to you is the first one to the front here with the right answer. So you're going to have to get out your seat and run to me. Gets for the first one and this one for the second one. Sorry, guys at home. Maybe if you get it right and text me the answer, I might post you a prize. What's the maximum number of times you can subtract five from 25? 
Out your seat, run round to here. Emily looks like she's on the go. Go on, go, 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 go. <laughs> I love a sprint. <gasps> Mate, what's the answer? Oh, anyone else got a better answer than five? Go on, then. Why? Why one? I'm not going to throw it at you. This is... You haven't seen my catching throwing. There you go. Don't worry, Emily, I'll get a backup prize for you. Okay, next one. What can you put between a seven and an eight so the result is greater than a seven but less than an eight? I want to get some action out of the seat. I'm sorry, well, I hadn't first. Oh, she's good, she's good. Decimal point. I'm throwing your direction. What, and can you explain to us why that would be? 7.8, more than 7, less than 8. <laughs> Who can remember maths painfully? Right, so everyone's awake. 5,000 men, 5 loaves, 2 fish. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Try putting that on your GCSE maths paper, and you're going to get laughed out the door. The situation was impossible. The maths didn't add up. And that's because Philip had forgotten who'd been present with him throughout this, who had never left him alone, who had been there in the midst of the problem. Philip had, forgot, had forgotten that Jesus was enough. He was enough for all those men who had come to Jesus desperate with nothing to eat. They all ate and were satisfied. And as far as I can see, they hadn't even asked him to feed them. They'd just come desperate to Jesus, seeing that he had something they needed, and not just the bite that Philip had been aiming for. They ate a whole meal filled and were satisfied. You don't leave a meal with Jesus incomplete or still a bit hungry. He is enough. But what about the disciples? They haven't even, they haven't even factored even Jesus into their question. Maybe he should teach them a, le- a lesson of sacrifice and fasting. But Matthew describes... Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. He gave what he'd broken and gave them out to the disciples, and the disciples fed the people. The disciples got to take part in the miracle. They got to be Jesus' hands and feet, distributing his blessing to this hungry crowd. And not only that, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves and the fish, one for each of the disciples. Jesus' grace extended to those who didn't have the faith to consider that he could even be enough. And what about this little boy? He came in faith, saying, Jesus, this is all I have, all I can scrape together of my broken self today. It's all I've got, but you're all I need. They all ate and were satisfied. The crowds the disciples, the little boy. He gave away all he had in faith and received a complete and satisfying meal. We've talked about the fact that the Bible is filled with hyperlinks, haven't we, before? Like on the internet, you click on a word that's underlined in blue and it takes you to a page that explains what that word means, maybe some other relevant context. Well, the Bible does that all the time. Ah, this story. Well, I remember that time when God did this before. And this story is no different. Because you see, this isn't the first time that God's provided a meal for a hungry group of people. And I've got three volunteers that are just going to come and help me with these three stories. Because I'm a visual person and visual illustrations are great, aren't they? So 
They're my three volunteers are hopefully going to come up. One, two, and three. Great. And they're going to just stand with a prop that's representative of these three stories. Hopefully, this is just something to help you remember. Louisa, I'm going to get you to stand next to me. Poppy, I'm going to get you to stand in the middle. And Emily, on the end. These are my team. Don't eat your snacks too early. Right, so we've got three stories. So we've got Louisa. So actually, probably not many of you have seen Louisa before. This is, I've not actually seen Louisa in two and a half years. This is my cousin who landed from Australia on Friday. So of course, she's got to be up at the front. This is, and then we've got Poppy and Emily. Guys, do you want to put your uh, props on your heads? Okay. So, back in the first half of the Bible, <laughs> it will all become clear. <laughs> this, is not a, this is not a mechanism of, of embarrassment. Back in the first half of the Bible, God's people, the Israelites, were being led by God to their own land, having just come from a place where they were slaves. But they got to the desert, and there's definitely no Tesco's in the middle of the desert. So Exodus 16 describes a similar pattern of a crowd, unprepared, untrusting, and yet God does a miracle. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Now, it actually describes that they're a bit like wafers, so hence caramel wafers, because I really <laughs> like them when I get to eat these afterwards. <laughs> so that's caramel wafers for you. Again, so many hyperlinks within that story that I don't have time to go into today. Then a passage you might be slightly less familiar with. Two kings, hence the crown. Tenuous link. But two kings, chapter four. Again, it's barley loaves that are presented to a prophet Elisha to feed a hundred men. These biblical characters really seem preoccupied with the appetite of men. But these he set before them and they all ate and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. Again and again, meeting the needs of a people, not because they deserve it, not because they've earned it, and not even because they've had the faith to ask for it. No, because he loves them. And there's one more hyperlink just at the end. This is Emily R. Shepherd. It was the closest detail that we had that didn't have some primary school-related element on it. I'll leave you to reflect on this one a bit more. Because in the Gospels of Mark and Matthew, when they describe this story of feeding the 5,000, they describe that Jesus had seen this large crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus directed them to have all the people sit in groups on the green, green grass. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Psalm 23. So I'll leave you with those hyperlinks. Guys, you can go and sit down. You did a great job. Thank you very much. <laughs> we have a God that provides, don't we? I've known God's provision in my own life. Pretty much always when my faith isn't matching the size of my need. And several times I've been late to the praying party. And in fact, every time I've needed to move house, God has always provided me for somewhere to live. From my parents sitting down in Westminster Chapel next to a complete stranger, telling them my story about trying to move to London. And she just happened to have a room to rent in the place that I needed to move to at exactly the time I needed to move. And it actually was my home in London for four years. To a girl called Susie, who I vaguely knew from church, sitting down next to me in a service and saying, I'm buying this flat in Mosley. Do you know anyone that needs somewhere to live? Yes, please. <laughs> now, does this mean if I pray hard enough, I'll get what I want when I want it? I'll get the new gravel bike, the best GCSE grades, the perfect family, the retirement I've worked so hard for? No, we know that Jesus is about meeting our needs, not necessarily our wants. And actually, when we get greedy with his provision, he's not having any of that. 
The story I talked about in the desert with God raining down food from heaven. Well, some of those wandering Israelites got greedy and they tried to hoard this food from heaven. Those caramel wafers. God had made it clear though, collect enough for what you need for today. And when they tried to collect more, they paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it till morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And Moses got angry with them. You think the Israelites would learn from this story? But no. Do we learn from this story? No. Jesus is feeding this crowd of 5,000 plus people. Well, what was the crowd's response? They were thinking about their five-year plan. Look, this God's providing for us. Let's use him to get rid of the Romans. And they start, they start plotting and scheming about how Jesus can make this happen. John writes, they intended to come and make him king by force. They were completely missing the point of this miracle. Yes, there was a practical need that these 5,000 people had, and he met that need hands down. But there was something else that he was hyperlinking for us here today, but the crowds had yet to understand. Matthew describes that he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Let's go to a passage later in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 11. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus' body, like these barley loaves, was going to be broken, dying on a cross, paying the cost for our brokenness. It's about Jesus. Jesus is enough. He's enough for those practical needs. He knows these people need to eat. But Jesus knew that the bread was going to feed temporarily. In about four hours or 30 minutes, if you're me, they were going to be hungry again. <laughs> Whilst our physical and practical problems are important to God, he knows that this is just temporary and wants us to know satisfaction of a hunger that goes on so much longer than our digestive needs. This is what Jesus is trying to show them in this miracle. In the rest of this passage, in John 6, Jesus points out to the crowd that they're completely missing the point. Let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that's perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters most, for God the Father has destined me for this purpose. Yes, my needs, your needs are significant, but there is a greater need in me, in this Alice failing at going her own way. See, on my own, the equation doesn't add up. I'm incomplete and nothing else will complete this equation. Try and complete this equation with anything else, hard work, exam grades, successful job, beautifully behaved children, relationships, alcohol, medication, whatever it is. Some of these things might seem like good things, but we know that these things, some of these things are really destructive. Either way, they're a stopgap. And ultimately, the, remiddle, the riddle remains unsolved. We're going to be left incomplete. But Jesus is inviting us to a meal today. A meal that will truly satisfy. A meal that will fill us. A meal that's enough. No supplements, no multivitamins needed. The meal Jesus offers us is enough. And there's an invitation for you today. It's not an invitation where you're getting invited to the meal and you've got to bring the dinner, the drinks, the conversation and the games. No, it's a meal where you can come as you are 
with whatever you have or don't have. Be filled and satisfied. All he asks is that you come. Like a little boy, he came with little loaves, little bits of fish, laid it at the feet of Jesus and was filled and satisfied. I hadn't appreciated before reading this story again. It was a little boy that ate too. We've been looking at hospitality as a family, haven't we? And I know for me, this has been a challenge. How can I be hospitable to those around me? Maybe those I wouldn't normally reach out to who aren't like me, who maybe don't have the same political ideas or worldviews that I have. How? Well, first I've got to receive of this meal myself. We give out of what we've received. We partner with Jesus in the miracle that is hospitality. And this is what we see in this story. The boy first had to come and receive from Jesus. And it was out of faith that Jesus could do such incredible things with what he had. Christine Pohl in her book, Making Room About Christian Hospitality, challenges this way that we view hospitality. She says, a life of hospitality begins in worship, like we were this morning, recognizing God's grace and generosity. Hospitality is not first a duty and responsibility. It is first a response of love and gratitude for God's love and welcome to us. We give because we first received. So there's a dinner invitation for you today, an invitation from a God who loves you and is moved with compassion towards you. Maybe you sympathize with the crowd. You came today unprepared, but in desperate need. Maybe you understand the disciples. You're skeptical, you're trying to figure out on your own, and it's not working out. Or maybe you're like that little boy. What, what you have is little, and you're worried that if you give it away, maybe there won't be enough for you. However you are, whoever you are, this invitation is for you. And it comes with a promise. A promise that's been doing my soul a lot of good this week. i tell you, it's been a rough one. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me, I will refresh you, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with me, learn my ways, and you'll discover, uh, discover that I am gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. There's an invitation to each one of us here this morning. How are you going to respond? Lord God, we worship you. We praise you. You are a magnificent God, and yet you know us by name. And we're here in your presence this morning, and your hand is outstretched towards us. For those of us that just need that confidence to reach out towards you, just stir our hearts and make it that little bit easier, either for the first time or for the thousandth time. Because, Lord, you're moved with compassion towards us. And so we open our hearts to you this morning. We praise you, Lord. Amen. Uh, 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 uh,